This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Oh, yeah, it's a Friday edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull and a lot to get to today, including the NBA draft. I've talked about this before. Um, In a way, the draft is very fascinating, but in a way, it also drives me crazy. I'll get to that, a little baseball, and other things coming up this weekend, all on this edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Let's jump right into the NBA draft. I think... You know, the thing with the draft is, and, and the NBA doesn't get the hype and the buildup or, or even the over-analysis to the level of the NFL, but obviously it happens more than any other sport uh, besides the NFL. And what I always find interesting is that, well, not interesting, what I find annoying, and I get it because we're all, there's so many of us in the media business whether we're doing podcasts, whether we're doing television shows or radio or writing articles for an online source or writing articles for a newspaper, whatever it is, we all need content, right? You know, often fans accuse uh, every member of the media, no matter how big or how small, of putting out putting stuff out there for clicks, right? It's become such an overused term. I find it frustrating. I know personally in my, uh, I guess, technically 24 years in the media biz, mostly in radio, but obviously now in the podcasting and TV worlds, I don't ever do anything for clicks, if you will. And and obviously I'm not writing articles, So uh, although I did back in the day, but uh, – but still, people mean it, you know, well, you, well, you're just saying this to get me to, to listen to a clip or to listen to your podcast. But, I, I, you know, do I, do I want people to listen to my podcast? Of course I do. I don't do this for, you know, I'm not doing I, This is my livelihood. It's a passion. It's a love. Otherwise, I would find something else to do. But it's also my livelihood. And the more people that listen to the podcast, the better it is for the company, the better it is for me. I get that. But never once in my career have I ever said, have I ever thought consciously and said, you know what, if I say this, it's going to stir controversy, and maybe this will create some hype around me, and maybe what I say will go viral, and I I just don't think that way. Now, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should think that way more. I don't know. And I, I don't think as many people in the media think that way as you think they do, but anyway, I've, I've taken us off on a tangent a little bit. The reason I bring that up is because I'm generally when I see articles about grading the the draft picks or uh, winners and losers from the draft, whether it's the NBA, or the NFL, NFL. I, I mean, listen, I pay attention to it sometimes. I, it's not something with the NBA. I rarely look at those things, 
because uh, I'm just not, in general, not as interested in the NBA draft as I am in the NFL. But even in the NFL, you have to take all these things with a huge grain of salt. You know, the, the, the people out there that cover the NBA draft for a living, that cover the NFL draft for a living, a lot of those guys and women do a, do a really good job and take it very seriously. But ultimately, it's a guess. It's a guess. How do we know it's a guess? Well, we know because th- not only do the media members, you know, and I'm not someone who, you know, analyzes drafts for a living, but even in my job as sports talk show host, sports talk show podcast host, a TV host, uh, we our job is to give opinions. Some of my opinions turned out to be really bad. Some of them turned out to be really good. Some of them are neutral, you know, whatever. But plenty of mistakes are made. But even the, the guys who are paid to make the picks, how many times do you see a first-round pick in the NBA or the NFL, and then a year later or two years later or certainly three years later, you're saying, what the hell was that team thinking? How did the guy drafted 20th end up being way better than the guy drafted first? And you see this, especially in the NFL, more often than in the NBA. But in the NBA, it happens too. How did they miss? How did they think that guy was going to be good? Because later, it seems so obvious to all of us because now we have more. Now we have facts that prove that that guy's not good. Now, some of it's coaching. Some of it's ending up in the right spot, right? The reason everybody, everybody often says, well, man, Miami, they have so many undrafted guys, late drafted guys. They've developed all these guys into, good, into big pieces. How does that happen? Well, it's not a coincidence. Miami has Pat Riley. Miami has Eric Spolstra. They're the best or near the best at what they do. So the infrastructure of your organization, the coaching makes a difference. That's a factor. But sometimes it's just bad luck. Even the smartest teams, even the best GMs screw up all the time. For years, it seemed like everything Bill Belichick did in the draft was masterful. Recent years, he hasn't done much. When's the last time that guy drafted a good wide receiver and he's drafted some high ones? Um, There was no drama heading into last night in the NBA draft because everybody knew that Victor Webanaya was going to be the first overall pick. It's been talked about forever. He's seven. I, I, I've seen him listed at seven three, seven four, seven five. I don't. We'll split the difference and go with seven four. He's he's obviously a, a thin guy. You know, it sounds weird to say put on weight, but he probably needs to put on a little bit of weight. The guy's got all the skills. I mean, he looks like the perfect player, and he should be the next great player. You never know. And when you know, I'm not rooting for anything negative to happen. To this guy, of course, but at his size. You always worry about knee problems and ankle problems and foot problems. We've seen it before with some other good big men. So hopefully he can stay healthy. If he does, he should be a generational player for San Antonio. But until we see him do it consistently in the NBA, we don't know. Even though this guy is maybe the most hyped player since at least Zion Williamson and maybe since LeBron. But until you do it in your sport, You don't know. I think one of the interesting things about this draft, and I think it's a trend we're going to see continue at least until 
they allow high school players to come straight to the NBA, which they did not do, which was they were expecting. I know a couple of years ago, a lot of people were expecting that to happen in this current CBA that's starting in a week, but it didn't happen. Uh, but if you look at the top seven picks in the draft, five did not play college basketball. The only ones who did, Brandon Miller from Alabama and Anthony Black from Arkansas. The other five guys uh, played, you know, in the G League or played overseas. And I, you wonder if this will be a trend that will continue. Now, after that, it was a long stretch from eight until, let's see, eight until uh, the rest of the first round was all college kids, I think, eight from picks eight to, to 30. Uh, but still, some of the best players, obviously, are guys that did not feel it was necessary to play in college. And to me, it's, it's stupid that players are forced to play one year. Uh, I, I, I I think what would be best, like college basketball to me, and that's why for me the NBA draft is is not huge because I, I just find college basketball so hard to watch these days. And this is coming from someone as a, as a kid, as a teenager, even into my 20s, I loved college basketball. It was for me baseball, football, the NFL, and then college basketball was a close third. I grew up in New York. The Big East was huge in New York in the 80s. With Syracuse and St. John's, I grew up a big St. John's fan. I think they're going to get back to relevance this year with Rick Pitino, but but I digress. Georgetown and Villanova and um, uh, UConn, obviously, and and so it was huge. But I, I find college basketball pretty unwatchable. The players don't stay. I don't blame them. I think it would be better uh, for for college basketball now not necessarily better for the players but if you went to kind of a baseball system of draft in the NBA in baseball you get drafted out of high school you can be drafted out of high school if you are drafted out of high school you can still choose to go to college it's up to you you could sign with the team that drafts you or you can you know go to college and that's that that's that but if you go to college, you can't be drafted the next year. You have to play two years of college baseball. I guess you don't have to play two. You could sit out a second year. But most guys that, that don't sign or that don't get drafted out of high school play at least two years in college. I think that would be better for the sport. And it would probably that it would probably be actually better for the players because there are a lot of players who think they're draft picks or and you know, like if if, if you're a kid who gets drafted in the second round. Right. Um, and there's a lot of college players, you know, there's a lot of foreign players that get drafted in the second round. But if you're a kid that gets drafted in the second round and you're not a senior, well, maybe you'd be better off going back to college. Right? You look at the kid the Cavs drafted in the, in the second round, Amani Bates. This guy was a big prospect coming out of high school. He's had, um, off-the-court problems. He's transferred like three times. Well, he got drafted 49th. Like, maybe today he's thinking, man, I should have stayed in college one more year. Well, if it was the baseball system, he could. 
Uh, I just so I I like that. I, I feel like if you go if you go to college, play play at least two years, but give the guys the option to come out of high school. Um. So there you go. Uh, in terms of uh, breaking down the the lottery picks. Folks, I'm not going to be a phony here. I don't know enough about these players to tell you who's going to be good and who's not. I just went through the whole thing saying the guys who do it for a living get it wrong half the time. The GMs get it wrong half the time. I'm certainly not going to be a phony and tell you who's good, who's bad, especially when when five of the seven players I've never seen play at all or barely seen play. And even the guys who did play in college I didn't see much of because I'm mostly watching here in in, uh, Ohio, either Big Ten basketball because I'm in Big Ten country, or I'm watching Big East basketball. And I don't, like I said, I don't watch a ton of college basketball. So I'm not going to be a phony about it. I will say that it's amazing to me that there's a kid named Grady Dick in the draft. I know it's very silly. Uh, I know you really shouldn't make fun of anybody's name, but then he dressed the way he did at the draft yesterday, looked ridiculous. And I would like to be there to see him get his balls busted in the, in his, in the locker room for the first time. Uh, I'm not going to be, but I think it would be funny. Is that not nice? I don't, I don't know, but uh, you, you, you wear – and you think if your last name was Dick, you might change it. I was friends with two kids um, – I don't know. Maybe that's not nice. I was friends with two kids uh, when, I was, when I was a kid, and their last name was Lipschitz. And, you know, it's a rough name. And it's your birth name, and, you know, you don't want to insult your relatives, but uh, when they were old enough, they changed their last name because they didn't want to go the rest of their life with the last name Lipschitz. I don't blame them. A dick ain't much better. And something about the first name Grady, it's almost like the parents were trying to punish him. Something about the way those those two word names flow together, Grady Dick. Now, I am... <clears throat> I'll get off of that. Uh, I am fascinated to see... Some of these guys play. I do know from guys that I've talked to who do this for a living in terms of studying the NBA that both Brandon Miller, who who got drafted out of Alabama, and Scoot Henderson um, are guys that on a lot of other years would have been first overall picks, that they're very highly touted. That The thoughts on this draft is the guys at the top are phenomenal, and but the depth isn't very good. We'll see if that turns out to be true. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the Portland Trailblazers trading Damian Lillard. I'll be curious. You know, Scoot Henderson's not a big guard, obviously. Um, does the draft of Scoot Henderson by Portland make them more or less likely to trade Lillard. Didn't happen, obviously, on draft night. We'll see if something happens here anytime soon, before free agency starts, during free agency, I don't know. So, anyway, a lot of people think highly of him, think he's going to be a really good player. Damian Lillard's been very loyal to to Portland, although I hate to, to use that word because there really is no loyalty in sports, and nobody's owed loyalty. The fans don't owe loyalty to the players. The fans don't owe loyalty to the teams. The teams, the teams have no loyalty to the fans whatsoever. They they pretend they do. They don't give a shit about you. They only care about making money. Um, 
There's no loyalty to the player. We get mad. I feel like fans get mad at the players for not being loyal. Rarely get mad at the team for not being loyal. Uh, it's a two-way street. It's all a business, and nobody's owed anything. Um, but that being said, Damian Lillard has shown no indication in the past that he wanted to be traded out of Portland. He's been there a long time, obviously. And I'm just curious to see with Scoot Henderson if they try to go for it this year, if that's even possible, because they think he can make an impact right away, or do they now trade Lillard and start over with Scoot Henderson? The Spurs have some nice young pieces already on that team to go with Victor Webmanaya, but um, and they still have the great coach. You wonder how much long uh, Greg Popovich is going to coach San Antonio. You would have thought maybe he was thinking of retiring, but now he gets another gen, you know, once in a generation player. He may want to keep going, but he's going to turn seventy-five in in six months. So. It's going to be interesting to see how much longer he wants to do it. I mean, he's been coaching the NBA forever. He's, what was his first year with the Spurs? His, he's been head coach since 96. He was an assistant with the Spurs from 88 to 92, assistant with the Warriors for two years, and now he's been with the Spurs, obviously forever. Um, so, But I, you, you'd think that having this kid there would – Make him want to stay. Uh, give him a, a hit of the fountain of youth, potentially. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, any other, couple other things from the NBA last night or, or over the last, you know, since I've last uh, been with you on the podcast. Uh, we talked about uh, the Bradley Beal trade uh, on Wednesday. But since then... Chris Paul, who was part of that trade, has now been traded to the Golden State Warriors uh, for Jordan Poole, a couple other players, some draft picks in, in the trade. But, you know, obviously Jordan Poole and Draymond Green had that incident. Draymond's a free agent. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. But Chris Paul and the Warriors, I mean, he's a, obviously he's a big, exciting name. But he doesn't seem to really be a good fit there. Um, I was talking with Max, who's producing the show today before the show, and he talked about, he said, well, you know, Golden State uh, maybe, you know, said when Steph Curry was off the court that, you know, they, they really didn't have anybody play the position. And he's right about that. That's the only thing that makes any sense at all. However, it just overall, like, you're not going to play him just 10 minutes a night. I mean, I, you know, maybe it allows – you to play both Chris Paul and Steph Curry a lot less in the regular season. It, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Max also pointed out how Chris Paul's defense has, you know, gone down the tubes. He's old at this point. He never stays healthy. It's. I mean, I, I'm curious about it. I'm curious to see if it's going to work. But Chris Paul's 38 years old. I didn't even realize he was that old. He's still good, but he's not that good. He's not LeBron. But it is fascinating that he's still pretty good, too. And I'll be curious to see <clears throat> how that mix works for the for the Warriors. As for Washington, they've continued to be busy. They traded Kristaps Porzingis as part of a three-team deal with Memphis and Boston. 
The Celtics have traded Marcus Smart, who's been uh, a key member of that team forever. Uh, some people in Boston have have been saying, oh, he's not as good defensively as he used to be. He thinks he's the man when he's not. You know, I don't know about any of that. But uh, I, I don't know. People love this trade for Boston. I understand you maybe feel like you had to shake it up a little bit. Porzingis never stays healthy, though. He did last year. I say he never did, but then he did last year. And he brings, um, he brings an element to the Celtics, a, a playing style that they don't really have. But, I mean, you look at his games played by, he, he played 65 games this past season. It was the most games he's played since the 16-17 season. Uh, last year he played, or well, last year he played 65. But the year before that he played 17, uh, I'm sorry, played uh, 51, 43, 57, didn't play. 48 the year before that. Um, so the guy misses a lot of time. However, when he is on the court, he's a great shooter. Uh, he shot, I, I believe it was a career high. No, you know, it was the second best three-point shooting of his career this past season. He shot 39% from three, 50% overall from the field. It was the best of his career. He averaged over 23 points a game this year, best of his career. Now he's playing on a bad team, but he's a good rebounder. He's a good passer. He's a really good player. He's always been a really good player. Obviously, he's huge. Can he stay healthy? If he does, this could really work out for Boston. But if he if he's not ready for the playoffs, well, now you traded one maybe your best defender, and you don't have the guy you traded him for. It's risky, but the NBA is so wide open right now, and the and the Celtics felt like they were missing something last year. They needed to shake up the chemistry. I get why they did it. I'm not convinced they're definitely going to be better, but we'll see. They did get two first round picks in the deal. One was the 25th pick last night, and they also got a um, a top four protected pick from the Warriors. I can't imagine the Warriors will be in the lottery next year, but I guess you never know. They're an old team. In that deal, Marcus Smart went to Memphis, and Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Mascala, and a second-round pick went to Washington. So, I, I mean, Washington's been really active. I'm not really sure what their plan is here. I'm not sure that they've gotten – better uh, or, or got an exciting potential? I, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. We'll give them a, an opportunity to get something done. Uh, one last thing I want to hit on real quick before I say goodbye for the day. And uh, well, two things, actually. Number one, I love the trash talking going on between the Bengals and the Chiefs in the NFL. I think it's fun. I think it's good for the game. I think it's a good rivalry as long as it stays clean. You know, we don't need any dirtiness. So far, it hasn't been. That is an intense rivalry. Those teams do not like each other. Orlando Smith Jr. Um, going to uh, from Kansas City to Cincinnati uh, was was interesting, right? I think that was was fascinating, and that's created another level of intensity. Orlando Brown Jr. I knew Orlando Smith Jr. It sounded wrong to me. Uh, another level of intensity in this rivalry. Uh, both teams have talked trash back and forth. Jamar Chase made a comment. Now Travis Kelsey makes a comment. 
Both excellent teams, both a lot of talent. Hey, the Bengals have had the Chiefs number in the four games they've played. They've won three of four. But the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs are the champs. So they got bragging rights. I don't care that you won three out of four. That's impressive that the Bengals have done that. And, the first, you know, two years ago in the playoffs, it led them to the Super Bowl when they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But unlike the Bengals, when the Chiefs beat the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, they won the Super Bowl. The Bengals did not. So I don't care what your record is head-to-head. Chiefs got a Super Well, they got two. But since this rivalry has started, they got one. Bengals got none. And uh, so the Chiefs do have bragging rights right now. But neither team is backing down. I don't think we're going to hear much trash talk from Mahomes or, or Burrow. Uh, but uh, some of the other guys, I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Travis Kelsey, uh, there, there'll be no shortage of trash talk between those guys. It, and, and when they play again this year, it's going to be just very exciting. Finally, for Major League Baseball, uh, we have this weekend, the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing in England. We saw that a few years ago. Uh, pre-pandemic when the Yankees and Red Sox played there. If I remember correctly, there were a million runs scored there. Not literally. Um, so this it could be a lot of fun. The Saturday game's at 110 Eastern. Justin Steele, who's been really good for the Cubs, is pitching against Adam Wainwright, who's probably in his last year and has been absolutely awful for St. Louis. A St. Louis team that has been just horrible. And then Sunday, Marcus Stroman, who's been surprisingly the best pitcher in the National League this year. I mean, he's been lights out. Uh, against Flaherty, who also has been very good in the past, but Jack Flaherty is struggling this year. So be fun to watch these games. Again, 1 o'clock on Saturday Eastern and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. If you do daily fantasy baseball and you set in lineups, make sure you, you get some hitters in, especially if you play daily fantasy. Get some hitters in. Uh, for the Cubs and Cardinals. I know Stroman's been great, but this park, uh, they, the ball was flying out of there when the Yankees and Red Sox played there. We'll see if it happens again. We'll see if pitching, good pitching keeps it. You know, the, like I said, the two Cubs pitchers that are going in the series have been really good. I, I don't know what they'll do here. The Cardinal pitchers have struggled. But that'll be a, a fun thing to watch this weekend. Uh, a, a series I wouldn't have said to keep an eye on, even two weeks ago that I'm keeping an eye on right now. How about the Braves and the Reds? The Reds have won 11 in a row. The Braves have won eight in a row. Now, for the Braves, it's not surprising. They're the best team in the National League. I mean, not record-wise. Oh, yeah, they are record-wise. They do have the best record. They're the best team in the National League. But Cincinnati, before this 11-game winning streak, had been six games under 500. Now they're in first place by a game and a half over Milwaukee and three and a half over the Cubs. 11 in a row. They've been outscored on the season by 14 runs. But they've won 11 in a row here. Pretty amazing. So that, that'd be a fun series. The Reds are kind of, I feel like, doing a lot of mirrors pitching-wise. Their best pitchers on the injured list. They do have um, some interesting young arms. But that's something to keep an eye on this weekend. The Phillies have righted the ship. The Mets continue to have a sinking ship. They're playing this weekend. First game on Apple TV tonight. Kode Senga against Taiwan Walker is a good pitching matchup in that one. Uh, and the Rangers-Yankees is a good series. Yankees playing lousy baseball. They've been terrible without Aaron Judge. Their pitching's not been good. Domingo Herman, who's outside of Garrett Cole, has been their best pitcher this year. He was terrible. Got smoked yesterday as they got beaten up by the Mariners 10-2. to 
So that's a good series this weekend. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, Astros Dodgers. No, actually, two more good series. The Astros Dodgers have a series this weekend. And the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Uh, the Diamondbacks obviously have been a tremendous story this year. They have the second best record in the National League. But the Giants, like the Reds, have been red hot. They had won nine in a row before losing, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day. I can't remember if they played yesterday. I think it was yesterday. They lost, yeah, 10 nothing. They had crushed. But they had won nine in a row before that. So some good series this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for me. Thanks to everybody for joining. Thanks to Max for producing today. I'll be back on Monday. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.